0: The RTE Running Podcast with Brian O'Connell. Hello and welcome back to The Running Podcast with me, Brian O'Connell. Hope you're all well. Great to see the clocks going forward, wasn't it? We did our 22 mile run on Sunday morning, our last big run really before before the marathon in three weeks time. It was about 20 to 30 seconds per mile slower than what hopefully will be our marathon pace. And I have to say, um, firstly, I think if you're doing any of these long runs and you can do it with a couple of other people, it really takes the stress and the pressure off and distracts you because luckily we were, we were chatting uh, for most of it, up until mile 21 and a half <laughs> anyway. And then very fortunate in the club to have two great coaches, uh, Aidan Hartnett, followed us on a bicycle for two and a half hours on Sunday morning at half past seven and handed us gels, handed us our waters. So we essentially, I think anyone who might be training for a marathon, what you try and do with some of these long runs is to replicate pretty much everything you're going to do on the actual day of the race. So try and get up at the same time, have exactly the same breakfast, try and go to the bathroom at the same time. And then I wore the the shoes, the vapor flies that I'm probably gonna wear for the marathon. And I tried the fueling technique and strategy which I'm going to use on marathon day. So for me, it's two small bottles of uh, drink mixed with some powder, and then a couple of gels after that. And it just, I think, gives you a little bit of reassurance then that just, you, you've you done it in training. You have an idea at what time you should be throwing those gels into yourself. And it should take a little bit of the fear and apprehension away from the big day. So that was that was Sunday morning. Delighted to have that over with uh, 18 miles this Sunday, about 40 miles this week, 30 miles, 25 maybe next week. And then we've got the marathon. So I hope to keep the podcast going up until up until the marathon. And do a debrief uh, the week afterwards, maybe. A couple of things to mention this week as well. There is the Cork City Marathon have, uh, I think I mentioned this before, the relay is not part of it anymore. But what you can do is a 10k, you can obviously do a half as well. And they've announced the 10k route, which will end on Patrick Street. So you get that grandstand finish, if you like. Um, it's a really nice looking route. And I think I think there'll be a lot of interest in that 10k And it might give you an appetite to to push on then to try and do a half marathon. So that's the Cork City 10K entries are open for that one. So this week we have a really interesting guest for you. I was actually scanning the results of the New York half marathon, which uh, took place last week. There was someone I knew from Cork who was running it. So I was really keen to see how he got on in the age category winners. I was scrolling down through it, having a look. And there I saw in the age 65 to 69 age category, Mary Brown from Ireland. And I got really curious as to who was this person, Mary Brown, who had run a fantastic time in New York, won her age category, was the fastest woman age 65 to 69 who ran in New York half marathon, which is a very big event, obviously. It eventually led me to our coach, Gary O'Hanlon, very well-known coach in Dublin. And Gary put me in touch with Mary, so that is our guest this week. It's 65-year-old Mary Brown, really a relative newcomer to running, who has been hitting all sorts of records, was chosen for the Irish Masters cross-country team and is not finished by a long stretch, has lots more targets in mind and has a great attitude, a really good attitude to running in later life, how you keep improving. So that's our guest this week, Mary Brown. She is a member of the Luke and Harrier. She's coached by Gary O'Hanlon. And as I said, she was the fastest woman in her age category, age 65 to 69, at the New York Half Marathon last week. I began by asking Mary Brown to tell me a little bit about her life growing up. The
1: RTE Running Podcast. Well, I'm from County Mayo. My heart is always in Mayo, although I've lived all my life in Dublin. <clears throat> I came here after school came, first doing voluntary work, and then I stayed. for I worked for two years, and then at the age of 21, I travelled to America. That was 1979 to 1980, and we travelled all over America, Canada, and Bermuda, and when, it was a great experience. And when I came back then, I went to work in the health service at St. Vincent's Hospital. And after some time there, then I decided I wanted um, to carve out a career for myself. I suppose I didn't want to spend my whole life in Vincent's. So I went back to college um, by weekends and nighttime, and I qualified as um, a beautician and holistic therapist. So at that time, I lived in Ranola in Dublin. I lived various places in Dublin, but I I lived in Ranola at that stage. So I'm now in Lucan, long story short, um, became self-employed. So um, I'm working in Lucan from home for the past 20 years. So that gives you a background. So do you want me to move on now to the the running part?
0: I just wonder, really, when did you start running?
1: Okay, I started running five years ago, and um, I started at the age of
0: 60. But go back to childhood first before we get into that. When you were growing up, did you run a lot? Did anyone in your family run?
1: No, 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 none of my family run. And um, that I'm aware of. I know there is a history of athletics, um, but I don't know very much about it. I believe I have an, um, a great-granduncle um, who was a very keen cyclist and had has one had won something in Dublin, and there was also a high jumper. He may have been the same person, but not really. We were into GEA, our five brothers, and we were a GEA household, and I, I played football. I was a great goalie for my brothers. So um, so, so nothing except for school stuff, you know, I never won anything or anything like that. You know, I did partake in sports. At secondary school, I played basketball. I loved tennis and I still play tennis today, but not so much. Um with the running now, the running is kind of taken over. And when I came to Dublin, I did a lot of hill walking as well, not just strolling. You know, it took off down to Whitlow and all that sort of stuff. I was a member of um, the, the Glen Walk.
0: So what happened at age 60 that made you want to start running?
1: Believe it or not, I didn't want to start. It was like it came to me at the time. Um, my par- Well, my parents have now passed on, my dad just two years ago, and my mother um, six years ago in 2017. And during that period in my 50s up to 60, they were, um, they were in the West and I was in Dublin. So I found myself spending a lot of time, my weekends, rather than socially, I was heading home to Mayo, um to look after them and see what needed to be done in their elder years. And when I'd come back to Dublin, I found that I wasn't finding the same joy. And you know how in Dublin, when you're young, you love going into town and you love uh, I loved tango dancing at the time. And I loved all of that going. And I found I wasn't enjoying it anymore. I just started walking a bit more in the parks around Lucan and that. And I found this was feeding me better. It was better for my soul, better for my mind. And as I'd be walking and listening to the birds singing and that I jog a little bit and I I just felt so much better than the normal social life. So um, one day I was in Griffin Park here in Lucan and there was um, a group of people running and I was wondering, gosh, what's going on here that all these people are running? So I asked somebody And it was somebody I knew. So I said, what's happening here? And this guy told me this is Park Run. And he he said, you should come down and try it sometime. So um, I said, OK, I give it a go. But I thought in my own mind, I better work out what this 5K Park Run is because I don't (laughs) want to rock off. (laughs) <laughs> and be 10 miles behind everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So
1: I started pushing myself a little bit more and timing myself. And uh, one day then I decided I'd take part because I knew that I could I'd manage a 5K and run it. So, um, so my first 5K, my first run, official run, was a 5K in 2018, in March 2018. And I remember I did that in, what was it, um, 25 minutes, I think. And I was told that that 25.52, I think it was. And I was told that was quite good. I I had no idea what was good. Very
0: good time,
1: yeah. Or what wasn't good. I kind of thought I liked this and I got to know people and it was it became a great balance for the other part of my life with my parents not being well and that. And I had it was a nice community of people for chat and it was outdoors. And it was, you know, during the day in the morning and you could go for coffee and that afterwards. So then um, I met somebody um who said to me, who was in the Luke and Harriers Athletic Club here, and I knew this person, and she says, Mary, you know what you should do? You should come down, you'd love it. And I said, hmm, that sounds like a good idea. It sounds like a stepping stone to something else. So I joined Luke and Harriers then in um, 2018. It was the end of 2018. And it was just before the Dublin Marathon. I could hear them all talking about the t- the Marathon 2018. They were all talking about it, And I was really envious that they were all in these little huddles talking about the marathon and getting ready for it. And I felt so much I wanted to be part of this. And I wasn't. And I knew I couldn't <laughs> because okay. all I had done was a couple of park runs and that. So, uh, <clears throat> so I decided there and then that I was definitely going to do the 2019. Dublin Marathon <laughs> so um so after that then I I got kind of um I wouldn't say serious but I I started setting myself some goals in the running area
0: um you did your first marathon in 2019 I know you're just back from New York from the half marathon where you had a really good outing tell me how you did
1: yeah in New York um New York was to happen in 2020 after that first Dublin Marathon in 2019. And we all know what happened then. Irene, i never forget the day I got the phone call that it was canceled. The whole trip had paid for everything. It was the 13th of March, 2020. I was absolutely gutted. And then of course, from that excitement going into doing nothing, you know, but um, anyway, so this is the New York um, half marathon three years later. It was also an attraction because my brother lives in New Jersey. So I just kind of thought it would be a nice little, a nice trip away and a break. And this was actually my first break away in about six years, six or seven years outside of Ireland. So, um, <clears throat> yeah. I I went. Um, I really didn't have any expectation because I had no idea with the travel and time change and that. So I said, I'll just give it my best shot and just enjoy it really. So um, anyway, we had rocked up for the start. It was at 7:20. I was in wave one. The first group left at 7 a.m. And my group left at 720, absolutely freezing temperatures. So um, anyway, I got into it um, it was crowded now, it was crowded. And I had to I had to think, Mary just don't keep following the crowd because you could easily get caught up in the nice jogging pace of all the people around you. So I found if I want to kind of, you know, make an impact here, I really have to go at what I'm capable of and do a bit more. So I started pushing then and um, I tried to focus on just doing the best that i could with the fitness that i had on the day and that's what i did and i did i ran it in 14259 um which was a personal best for me i Excellent. ran last year i ran the rathout national here and that was 145
0: Excellent. And
1: I was, um, I think, fourth in my age category in the national last year. And in the New York half, I can't believe that I was the first female home in my age category by seven minutes. So um, so that was a bonus. And can I mention?
0: Can, Can I ask you first before you before you go on to that? What was your age category? Sixty-five to sixty-nine. One forty-two fifty-nine.
1: Fantastic. Yeah, and I—it's on my stats that, as far as that would equal one fourteen for somebody who's senior category.
0: Sorry, I interrupted you. You were going to say something else.
1: Well, I was going to say um, first of all. Um, just wanted to give a mention to Lucan Harriers, the club where I started out and gave me a foundation. It's a brilliant club for anybody listening to this who's in the Lucan area. I couldn't recommend it higher. And now they're branching out into other sports like javelin, um, high jump, long jump. I also want to give a big mention to Gary O'Hanlon. Um, whom I joined up with last year after the Cork Marathon. I did the Cork Marathon in June last year as kind of a prelude to to Dublin, just to see where I was at.
0: How did you get on?
1: Uh, <laughs> four hours and one minute.
0: Oh, no, you must have been gutted.
1: <laughs> I was. And the year before, which was kind of coming to the end of the pandemic, there was no Dublin Marathon in 21, but I did the Belfast one, which was around that time.
0: I did that marathon as well. The Belfast. Oh, did one. you? Yeah. And I did Cork and I oh. enough, and I did Dublin as my first marathon in 2019. Oh, yes, Same I, here. I did the same with you. And my first one, it was like four hours and one minute. I was gutted. And then did okay in Belfast, better again in Cork and Rotterdam now in three weeks' time. Um, so, how
1: did you do in the Cork?
0: <laughs> I did three, I was aiming for 310 or 15. I did 325. I stopped. Oh my God. Ended up in the ambulance for a couple of minutes getting a bit of a massage. My hamstrings were killing me. Anyway, whatever. Oh, so I can it,
1: relate to that. Yeah.
0: I feel better this time. I feel like I'm in a good place now.
1: Fantastic.
0: I think like there's two ways of looking at it. One is that people can get very fixated on age and think, you know, I'm only going to improve up to a certain point here. But That's right. And I I
1: would feel that too. Yeah, that there's a cutoff point. I have felt lots of cutoff points, you know, already.
0: But then the other side of it is, if you haven't had much running in your legs, uh, in your 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever, and then you take it up, I... I think you can overachieve, if you like.
1: Yeah, that I'm probably less prone to um, to injury because of taking it up later, because a lot of people who've been running since they were younger now, not all, of course. There's some brilliant athletes, even at my age category, who are still running brilliantly and have fantastic times. You know, I mean, I I really feel I'm only Joe Soap
0: you know what were the what were the difficult aspects of taking up running later in life Mary that you learned?
1: I didn't find any. (laughs) (laughs) The the only thing is is the time element I find kind of um uh it's very hard to keep up with everything else in the background keeping your your show on the road work-wise home wise Everything else, getting to fit everybody in and meet people and that sort of thing, because it is a huge commitment, as you know.
0: Yeah, massive. It takes over, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it takes over. So you know what I mean? Yeah, it takes over. And um, when, you go, when you go out for a run, it's lovely, but you feel like relaxing after. You don't feel like coming home and
0: yeah, putting are, on
1: the washing and hoovering the house. <laughs>
0: yeah, or there's you know? that pressure, like I, I have to run today. It was lashing rain at lunchtime. I bottled it and I thought... So I'm in my head, I'm thinking I have to get that hour gap in the next four hours. It is a bit of it is a pressure, isn't there?
1: There, is a, there definitely is a pressure, but I find that morning is my best time. I have no problem getting out four o'clock, five o'clock, getting it done, and then it's done. And okay. the re- I feel the rest of the day is mine. I'm not a great evening trainer, although I do it. I, I really feel for a good balance, evening time should be for relaxing, unwinding, getting a good night's sleep and a lot of people suffer from not being able to sleep and I (laughs) people will hate me for saying this but I don't think going out running late at night and working out and that is great I think it's better done in the morning but some people are are nighttime persons so I'm not but for me it works better. And I love my sleep and I feel it's really rejuvenating to have a good night's sleep. And I get up in the morning really fresh, full of energy. And the other thing is a lot of the key runs, as you know, start early in the morning. Yeah. So it's it's good to have that in your yeah. system. Get it trains the body,
0: doesn't it? Yeah. And what kind of mileage were you doing in the lead up to the marathons?
1: Oh, up to 60 miles a week. So after Cork, um, I'd been looking around to find somebody that I might hook up with for for that bit of extra coaching who was you know who was really knowledgeable, and I was given a few names and one of the girls in the club was with Gary O'Handlin and somebody else had mentioned Gary, so I so I spoke to Gary on the phone and he's absolutely been amazing. I highly recommend Gary to anybody who wants some coaching um, you've only to look at his Facebook page the the way he has brought people on and even me at my age he's brought me on if you've got the commitment and the dedication age does not matter you can be 101 um, so what are
0: the targets you've got in mind now I mean you're just off the back of a fantastic run in New York so what's are you doing Dublin this year is that the plan
1: I'm not doing Dublin this year I've done two Dublin. And just to say for for Dublin this year after the 4.1, I came in at 4.48 or 3.48, sorry, 4.48 for God's sake. 3.48, but the official time ended up as 3.51, which I'm still very happy about, but I'm not so sure how that happened. (laughs) Hopefully another marathon at the end of the year.
0: What are the things that have helped your training, Mary, have you discovered? So strength and conditioning, there seems to be a lot of emphasis on strength and conditioning as you get older, into your 40s, 50s, 60s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Sorry, what did you ask me there? Um
0: are you working out morning noon and night
1: oh yeah I've been a member of a gym and that and I do I do work out and and that kind of thing yes I do I do look after that part and I love swimming as well as a downside it's great after a long run just to give the muscles a break and you're still exercising I want to get a bike as well I used to cycle a lot years ago so I'm definitely want to get a bike and I've been thinking about that for a long time I just haven't got around to to getting it but I I think it would be a nice contrast to the running. And perhaps then I could work in some duathlons as well, have a duathlon, have a biking and running. But um, just to say as well, which you may not know, um, I've taken up a bit of cross country as well. And I entered a lot of the, um, with guidance from the club, um, a national and more competitive runs. So I did very well last year, entered the cross country masters and i was chosen on the irish team for the british and irish um masters international in where was it that was santry i think it is last year and yeah so that
0: and it's been uh, an amazing journey to go from a park amaz- yeah. to running for your country i mean it's it's quite extraordinary um when you said to your friends i'm going to train for my first marathon i'm going to run 60 miles a week did you get all those um dated misconceptions about oh my god you're going to wreck your knees you're going to wreck your hips oh yeah yeah every
1: every, everybody's telling me not to run in case i get injured you know take it easy now take it easy or if i show any sign of oh you know i have a little bit of a pain oh yeah you have to stop now you have to take it easy (laughs) and some people have even said what would you be doing running at your age
0: (laughs) what how do you respond to that when (laughs) that You just showed him the irish singlet to you
1: well i i basically let it in one ear and out the other ear you know this this is my choice it's my life so you know you know
0: obviously we lost two years of COVID, and i only took up running around the same time as you i'm 46 now so yeah. i i i was a bit panicked obviously look COVID was horrible for a lot of people and everybody was impacted but just purely in terms of running I was thinking to myself I've lost two vital years yes and I don't have many years in my head I feel of improving left
1: oh you're only a young fella (laughs) it's
0: exactly what I (laughs) want you're only starting out
1: you have no idea what's ahead of you
0: (laughs) yeah you think you can improve for years if you oh
1: my god yeah. oh my god you're a baby <laughs> yeah
0: great thanks Mary you're yeah. saying all the right things I, yeah. I think sometimes we can put limits on ourselves that we yeah. don't. yeah if, if
1: the main thing is I think Brian if you enjoy it I'm not advocating I wouldn't be advocating Ronnie if running it could be photography it could be being an artist it could be travel whatever you enjoy doing do it and do do more of it
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think what I found refreshing is in in our club, probably the same with your club, there's everyone from, you know, you're running with everyone from 21 year old college students to people who are seasoned veteran runners who are trail runners. It gives you energy, I think, being around people in their 20s for me and reminding myself what it was like to be in that headspace. But we all have this common link and this bond of running together.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You don't, I don't even like bringing up the word age. It's, it's totally irrelevant. You know, we're, we're there sharing, chatting. If you love it and enjoy it, it's not for everybody. So, you know, but, but if, if anybody is thinking that they might enjoy it, I definitely, age is not a barrier for it. It's, it's about putting in the work, and you know setting goals for yourself and just improving it's like when you do a park run if you you know run a little bit better the next time you get a kick out of it you know and it was the same with me when I start when I started kind of entering things like You know, as I say, I seem to have nearly with every run, I kind of get another PB. Like last year, there was the Great Ireland run. I think I got a silver, I got a bronze and something else that was national. And I have a heap of other medals, kind of Leinster, Dublin, you know, between cross country and and roads. And I, I thought, like you brought up earlier, that there was a limit. There was a cutoff point. So if you have it in your head, there's a cutoff point. There isn't. I thought there was, for me, definitely, even after last year running the half marathon in 145, I thought there is no way I am going to improve on this. Before that, I had done the Mullingar half marathon in 147. I was so exhausted after that. I said, that's it. That's my best. Now that's that's it. And look, New York, which was a hilly, terrible day, weather-wise. 142
0: lots of crowds to, to navigate through yeah
1: yeah yeah so you never know what's around the corner what I just say is train train as best you can get the best out of yourself go for it on the day and it will all happen yeah so many people are so nervous coming up to a run that I think that takes from you know you're you're losing energy by being nervous and being anxious about it go out to enjoy because sometimes so I'll just finish this sometimes it's just a little funny thing I come up I come up to the run and I might kind of put my hands in the air oh isn't it great we're here <laughs> sometimes people would say well we haven't won anything and I said, it doesn't matter We're out, we're able to, we're able to get up this morning and be here. You know?
0: (laughs) No, you're right. It's all that attitude, I think, counts for for a huge amount. It keeps you relaxed and then you
1: go out and enjoy it
0: and run your best. Yeah, there you go. Okay. I'm going to keep that in mind when I get to Rotterdam in three weeks time. The RTE Running Podcast. So that was Mary Brown and we wish her all the best for later in the in the year when she takes on her next marathon. 3.48 is her current best time. I've no doubt she'll beat that and I've no doubt we will see her popping up in a lot more age category number ones over the next few years. That is about it for this week. Next week, because it coincides somewhat with my program, we're going to talk a little bit about tapering. So... How much should you taper for what type of races, be it a marathon, be it even a 5k race at the weekend, a 5 mile, 10 mile? To what extent should you lessen your training load in the days or weeks leading up to that big event? There's obviously a balance to get here between not losing any fitness and between keeping your sharpness and also not doing too much whereby you arrive on race day and you're tired or you don't feel that spring in your step, you don't feel that freshness, which hopefully you should feel if you've tapered right. So we'll talk a little bit about tapering next week. As always, if there's anything you'd like me to discuss, please do get in touch. I'm brian.o'connell at rte.ie. You'll get me on Instagram or you'll get me on Twitter at O'Connell Brian. Thank you all for listening. Mind yourself on the roads if you're going out running and I will chat to you all next week. The RTE Running Podcast with Brian O'Connell.